0: So, are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast.
2: Of horror movie night this week, we are talking about one of Kyle's picks, which was 2001 Maniacs or the Cabin Fever prequel. Like that is, I don't know. Such a weird. I think it's. Wait, so so
3: my question is, does Eli Ross character in the movie Grim? I'm growing out a little a little thing
4: in, in honor of Grip. Oh, my God. Don't. Don't. Stop it. <laughs> Wax it. Get rid of it. <laughs> Do something. I don't remember, dude. I watched Cabin Fever once and was like, nah, dude, I'm good.
3: Well, we just
4: <laughs> did it this spring. I think it was back in April. We did
3: it with yeah. Eric J. Brown. And um, I mean, oh, he picked right. it. I only remember that the dog's name is Dr. Mambo. I can't remember yep. what Eli Roth's character's name is. But does... Does Eli Roth... Well, Dr. Mambo dies in in Cabin Fever. Both of them die in Cabin okay, Fever. Okay, so that was this my question. Was, to be I, know, okay, yeah. Yeah, I knew one of them did, but
2: I couldn't remember if they both did. Very uh, weird fucking flex. It's a weird mm-hmm. flex, and it's mm-hmm. it's not just like, hey, let's bring in this character from Cabin Fever, but they actually try to give an origin to him going, ooh, face
4: in yes. this movie. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure. what?
2: It's strange. Why and what, is like this here? it
4: started out it started out rough for sure for sure <laughs> yeah, for sure oh, yeah. but then like it it didn't le- it didn't let up at no, all No, this it movie's is like ADHD bad. made a film like Dude, this... it's well cuz it's it feels it, it, cuz it's it feels college sex comedy up front like <laughs> yep. i'm feeling like not another teen movie fucking even style like movie and then i've so I, just to get into why I picked this, which I don't yep, have a valid it. reason. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a good reason why I picked it. I guess I thought it was during the summer, so I was trying to pull it. I was trying to pull a page out of Scott's book, and instead <laughs> fucked it up. But then I also just remember this being a movie that I wanted to catch on whatever channel it was, whatever movie channel it was on at like 11 o'clock, right? Because again, night. <laughs> you would, yeah, yeah. Whatever the 2005 version of that is, uh, which I think was just Cinemax or whatever like the Showtime horror was, right? And I don't, you know, I, I have no reason that I wanted to watch it other than I was pretty sure that there was boobs in it. and You weren't it, wrong. Uh, there were boobs Behold, yeah. there were boobs in it. And, like, you know, I was just coming into that, like, American Pie age of, like, this is what moved, like, these, that's, like, a 2001 Maniacs is my porkies, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. No, I get, uh, that that this was also lot. from,
2: there was, this like, a funny. wild time when this came out, and I don't know why this was happening, but there was, like, for some reason, we were doing remakes or like off yeah forty year later sequels to Herschel Gordon Lewis movies like yeah because it was like Real I think weird. we did this we did the Wizard of Gore I think yep. that there was a Blood Feast two that came out around this time as well like it was there just was this, yeah this weird decision that everyone decided hey let's just do sequels to films from the sixties like it and none of them like first of all. I definitely prefer the original 2000 maniacs to this, but neither one is an enjoyable watch either way. Like they're not great, but I like just leans into it more. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's cheesier. It's not like, like I said, this thing fucking has so much it's, it's OCD and ADHD all like smashed into a script. Like it's rude. And rude. Yeah. (laughs) It's
4: fucking rude bones. It is. It It has
2: gotten worse Since it came out.
3: Also, I want to point out the fact that it came out in 05. But it's called 2001 Maniacs. My assumption is because it was written in 2001, right? I think it was just that it was
4: the sequel to 2000 Maniacs. But
3: then why wouldn't it be 2005 Maniacs?
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to piss me off for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. There wasn't even like a... Like, there's room for one more, like, uh, scenario in which this might have worked. You know what that I mean? Been, there's no Haunted yeah, Mansion just shit. just that joke, that would have been so if, good. Yeah. I mean, they re- they referenced a bunch of other useless bullshit that they easily could have uh, thrown in <laughs> Disney reference. Um, well, I forgot that this filmmaker hasn't done a, a lot, and what he has done doesn't do much for me, uh, this movie included. Uh, Tim Sullivan. He ended up doing this, and obviously it's sequel. But he also did he did a segment of Chillerama, which was uh, which the wished? Werewolf Beach musical, right? Oh, I think that that's what it was. Sounds right. That that actually and it was, quite well. And it, that might be my favorite of of all of it. Oh, but, not uh, not like not, jizz? Not, <laughs> not. I mean, wait, oh, okay. you, were, you weren't I, a right. fan of his. Forgot about
2: Wadzilla. On, well, hold on a Wadzilla is great. Um, <laughs> so he also. He also wrote uh, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, but oh. more importantly, he got his start writing additional dialogue, which seems like a real shitty way to not give someone a co-writing credit for Deadly Spawn. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> oh, is that shit Deadly Spawn? Like, like, like our Deadly Spawn? Spawn? Yeah, like 1983. Wow. And he went
3: all that tales. and then did Chillerama, 2001 Maniacs, 2001 Maniacs: Field of Screams, which I also watched. So we will discuss that before we do the what did we watch? Okay. Oh, okay. amazing! I, I thought you were just fucking it.
4: like I knew it existed, but I thought I, you, didn't, I didn't realize that you were it. actually watching it. <laughs> oh man, there there
3: are more boobies and better boobies in it, but it's also mm-hmm. even more tasteless. Than 2001 oh Maniacs, um, and
4: this was this was fucking dude. This was tasteless. This was just it was tasteless, so, tasteless, tasteless, so inappropriate. But, and like but
2: you know what, 2005, Matt put this down on the list of I had a document of movies that I wanted to buy for the collection, and promptly after watching this, I went back to that list and slowly deleted it <laughs> off of the list of things I wanted to own because oh, I was like, all right, 2005, Matt didn't know mm. what he actually was ever going to rewatch because mm. this is real bad it's like real bad guys it's, it's a bad. it's a bad movie the so you know that you're in trouble even just from the opening credit scene like that opening oh, credit so scene is 2000s. so chaotic and Holy like shit. and i was just like they are throwing fucking Everything on the screen right now, and little did I know that that would be the mood of the entire movie. The whole movie, <laughs> like,
4: whole movie. Like, We're just going to toss sense. everything. No, not no, not. When, you know when bit. they when they talk about '80s movies being coked out, like this is uh, this is coked out in a whole different way, in my opinion. Like this is a different version of just like throwing everything at the movie and yeah. do doing it, like a character after character keeps showing up uh and with no i don't know it's it's crazy it's
2: so here's the thing i think that in 2000 let's say 2002 to 2010 was Mm -hmm. like a prime point for like splatter punk right like that was like we're doing these like grimy kind of almost trauma inspired like lots of nudity lots of gore and because Dimension
4: extreme like yeah, be, shit like that
2: but because we had like so scream did this weird thing where scream was like the the catalyst and the kickoff point for a lot of really great things right like there is a uh they talk about this a lot on high school slumber party but it's true like scream is the reason why we got 10 things i hate about you sleep like uh can't can't hardly wait like that was the both uh, an explosion for slasher films and teen flicks simultaneously like that movie is huge but what it also did was like dimension films when you look at it in the grand scheme of horror is some of the most tame safe horror films that you could possibly release so it was like there were these soft R movies and then they slowly morphed into like the PG-13 horror movies of like the late 90s early 2000s so like when you had stuff like Cabin Fever coming out, it felt like it was this awesome like punk rock reaction to like how safe horror movies had become. But the flip side is like those PG-13 horror movies from 1999 aged a fuck ton better <laughs> than any of these splatterpunk movies that felt no so kidding. cool and edgy at the time. Like they're hard to watch, even ones that I really really liked in college are like Unwatchable, but the movies that I talk shit on in high school, I'm like, ah, actually, that movie. Like, That's I right, yeah. talk so much shit on something like Disturbing Behavior at the time it was released, and now I'm like, that movie fucking rules. Like, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's That's really a great wild. Example
3: because I like, definitely like that movie more, way more now than
4: when I first saw it in high school.
3: Yeah. So much more.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, it just doesn't. It just didn't make like sense at the time for some reason it was almost I don't want to say it was like too real because it certainly wasn't it was still a caricature of that time but for some reason it was like a spot on caricature of that time and not yeah. like this was weird like stick too figure version to that it. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 somebody had a really keen eye and was like and they should have waited maybe five more years well
3: they had a really yeah. keen eye except for the part when they go to the
2: asylum because that part is fucking terrible yeah no <laughs> still it's, terrible but this is like because This is also around that same time that I remember like so 2005 I would have been a sophomore in college so it was about a year and a half later when I'm working at the video store and like horror had essentially died again in the theaters for the most part Mm -hmm. but at least in that second wave like in that 2007 and beyond wave that's when you start getting like behind the mask comes out and it's like you're getting like kind of these soft release very low budget indie horrors that kind of are walking away from the like let's just shock people and are actually putting focus in like character and script again and like love it or hate it you know i mean like i know that all three of us probably have dramatically different opinions on a movie like the innkeepers but there's still a lot more that's going into making the innkeepers than something like 2001 maniacs it's just like let's just throw a shit ton of gore and boobs on the screen and people will love it like i'd rather take a director doing something that he knows not everyone is gonna like than like this just feels like pandering right like it's just pandering to gore hounds
4: yeah (laughs) yeah it does it
3: does that was the 2005, man. Like, think about this. and Because I, I want to say, I want to gently disagree with your theory that 2002 f- to 2005, let's say, was kind of a dead zone for horror. Because it wasn't. There was a lot of horror coming out, but it was... Pretty fucking bad, um, in the- like from a theatrical perspective. I think that that was kind of like when the zombie craze was really ramping up because of the remake of Dawn of the Dead. And, I mean, that's Zack Snyder, so, right? So, I mean, that was huge. I mean, I have
2: the 2005 list pulled up right now. I'm not going to read every single one of these, but I'm going to read the ones that I've heard of from this list of horror films released in 2005. So we had, this is an alphabetical order, so it kicks off with 2001 Maniacs. Um, An American Haunting, The Amityville Horror Remake, Blood Rain, Boogeyman, (gasps) Constantine, Cry Wolf, Cursed, The Descent, Devil's Rejects, Scroll, scroll, scroll! Doom, exorcism Ew. of Emily Rose, the a Fog one. remake, the Ginger okay. Dead Man, Hell, Hellraiser, <laughs> oh, no. Hellworlds, Hostile. Ah. <laughs> that disputes the whole thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hostile. This, is, this is a moot point. The,
2: the House of Wax remake.
4: I'm like also, awesome. like <laughs> yeah, also. Good. La-
2: Land of the Dead. Oh, the Mangler reborn. Oh, man. <laughs> um, is that, that was the sequel
4: to the remake
3: of the Mangler?
2: I think so. This is when Sci-Fi did those two straight to television return of living dead movies. Uh oh, Salt to, yes. to, to, to the Grave, Yes. Rave to the grave. grave, yeah. Uh yeah. and then yeah, we're Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which I'm told is I, not
4: oh, as good to the grave so bad dude. And oh, then
2: Wolf Creek. Like that like well,
3: Wolf it Freak was isn't good Wolf Creek 2 is fun though and we've yeah. I mean we will eventually I think we
2: really should discuss
3: that on the show but, but I think most of those
2: prove my point it's a lot of torture porn it's a lot of like over-the-top gore yeah. over oh, like yeah. character no, implied.
3: I'm but w- I was disagreeing with what you were saying about it being a dead zone in the theaters because I do think that like 2003 to 2005 still had some big movies in theaters I mean and I stuff that I saw I know I saw Emily Rose in theaters yeah I loved it but that also is not in the in even close to the realm of what we're discussing with 2001
2: no Maniacs, I but, but I think we're looking at even now in 2022 I guess I guess what I mean by that is like 2004 2005 2006 still feels like that era where the horror movies came out in the fall Maybe yeah. late oh, summer. Oh yeah, for sure. Where like, late summer. We're like right now. I'm mm-hmm. looking at even like 2022. It's like there's like a new horror movie every month, getting a giant theatric release. It feels like this year, and I think it's because horror is once again, partially, I guess, because of television, like a mainstream genre that is yeah. mildly respectable again. Yeah. <laughs> like in a way think, that it never was so. before. Can I can I pause? Make a, a sub
3: theory to your theory here. Sure. I think A24 is the one that's done that.
2: Probably, probably, but I think that having... It sucks because sometimes the things that we love have to come from things that we can't stand, <laughs> and I feel like A24 is able to thrive and survive because American Horror Stories has been such a consistently oh, yeah, successful for sure. TV that's show. Like the,
3: that's the that's pipeline, like... right? And that's yeah, fine. Like... It's not that I can't stand it. It's just not for me. I think that... No. So it... American Horror Story, Supernatural, and... Like Dexter, maybe. I think that those. Yeah, I was going
2: to say Dexter was another one where it was like, oh, it's okay to do horror as mainstream television. Well, I think Blumhouse
4: is bridging those gaps. Yes. yes. For us.
3: Blumhouse is the gateway drug for teenagers right, for sure. Because it is well, like A24. A24 is a,
4: new a- yeah. very new line.
2: Yeah, if I want to watch a good horror movie, I'll watch an A24 <laughs> movie and I'll probably watch it once. If I want to watch yeah. a fun movie that I'll probably watch like 15 times, Blumhouse has my drug nine times out of yes. ten.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah,
4: right, <laughs> like, right. Absolutely. And and that's the beautiful thing is because both of those things are happening at the same time. So you have a full spectrum, it feels. And then television. Like you and have they're a both full talked spectrum about enough. Options. You
2: know, like, yeah. like in a in any other decade, we would be getting nothing but Blumhouse movies in the theaters. And then, like, you'd have to go through, like, the darkest Errors like pieces of the internet to find an A24 movie, yep. like it'd yeah. be like oh, yeah. this hard to find movie. And, and now we're it's getting, just like, oh X no, I can
3: just and Pearl in the same year, fucking <laughs>
2: yeah, crazy like, to me. Like, <laughs> it's insane. It's this is this is truly whether you love the movies that are coming out or hate some of the movies coming out. We are living in one of the best time periods to be a horror movie fan, as far as like the consistency of the releases, the quality of the releases. Like, I get messaged. I should probably present
4: and past present and past. Like, you're getting like re-releases of stuff that people have only heard about or seen referenced or any of this stuff, and you get to see it like the best quality. It's at home. It's it's essentially why
2: I stopped buying used DVDs for the time being, because like. Yes. There was a there was like We're a able. solid year where I kept buying these like thirty forty dollar used obscure out of print DVDs just in time for Scream Factory to announce like a great <laughs> Blu Ray for yep. half that price. Yeah. So yep. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna assume that eventually whatever I have on this wish list is good. They're gonna we'll figure the it out and day. it's gonna yeah, yep. it's gonna get put out. So I'm just I gotta wait for it at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Much like Aaron Burr. I'm Sorry. ready to wait I, for it, man. <laughs> and that
3: brings us right on back to 2001 Mania. Well, I do right, have a question. It brings us back to uh, you know the, the birth I, of colonial I have a question,
4: times um, for you two because at one point in the movie, the group of friends, the the guy group of friends, somebody calls them ass munches uh, or ass munch, and I just remember that being a fucking like, man, that's just a like a like it's not offensive. It's just like a raunchy unfortunate term do you guys have any other nicknames particularly like maybe juvenile or immature nicknames that just are not it like that like (laughs) so my other example is my cousins used to call each other butt nuggets and i was just like it just never sat well with me there's nothing wrong with ass munching or butt nuggets but (laughs) calling somebody such just didn't do it for me, so I didn't know if you guys I, had any nicknames like that you were just like I feel like that's definitely
3: that was pulled in some sense from some kid movie that was like, I don't know, calling people buttlicks or or butt munches, mm-hmm. or it's just a it's it's the logical progression of referring to someone's butthole in a, in a derogatory yes. way. You know yeah. what I really? This is an important conversation piece here. If we're going to talk about how butt nuggets are a weird, like, name to call someone, why mm-hmm. would you call someone in a bad, and why would being called a cocksucker be derogatory? Because I'm pretty sure everyone with one is a, an appreciator of such yes, activities. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, right. like, why would you right. be like, oh, you cocksucker? Why is that a bad thing? Like. They're doing you a service, yeah. bro.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting too, because that is a an active thing. Like a butt nugget is a product of <laughs> something. Uh, cocksucking, cocksucker. I mean, it I don't creates a enough product, about right? the English language, but it creates a product. Right, right. So if you were called the product or the byproduct of a thing, good or not, because I love pooping, but I don't like butt nugget. Um, <laughs> well, that's just know, bad, so, bad hygiene. Yeah. That's just, yeah, I don't, I just, and like, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't yeah, know if there was any other. as long as you're not on a
2: time limit. That's yeah.
4: that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I just didn't know there was, uh, you know, some juvenile nicknames out there, even if they're not offensive, just funny uh, juvenile nicknames that you remember uh, I, being called or calling as a child.
2: I'm sure that if I heard one, I'd be like, that's the one. Nothing's yeah. coming to my mind right away. But I yeah. feel like nothing good I've has heard ever heard came it. from the thing starting with the word come followed by a noun
4: yeah sure
2: you know what i mean like i'm <laughs> yeah, come
4: yeah come like rad. any of
2: that it's just like never if if that's the start of the insult it's probably not getting any better
4: <laughs> yeah well <laughs> it's usually because the cum is usually an excessive amount that they're referring to on a thing that shouldn't have an excessive amount of <laughs> yeah. cum and you're just like i don't want to be that how much cum <laughs> should you not have on your sock I would say, oh, how would you, I mean, none. I mean, I think the more, are are we wearing the sock or is it just there? No,
3: you don't wear the sock. You put the sock in the, the hamper at the bottom so mom doesn't find it.
4: I never got the sock thing, but here's the problem. I just used a bunch of tissues and pretended that my parents didn't know when they took out my oh. fucking bedroom trash. And I was they like, knew. oh no, it's fine. It's just, I always have a runny nose. Yeah. They like, my dad must've thought I was a fiend, right? <laughs> like that's horrible. <laughs> um, I remember um, working at I'm so at sorry a... for anybody yeah. who's related to me or old. No, I, listening to this. I remember Amazing. working at a pizza place
2: and I heard two of the teenagers were <laughs> having a conversation. And I guess the kid had recently had sex and didn't dispose of the evidence. And he's like, my parents came into my room and I, they saw the condom and they asked me about it. And I panicked and said that I'd just jerk off into them so that I don't have to clean up so much. <laughs> like, ex- <laughs> yeah, that's an expensive fucking <laughs> kink. I'll tell you,
3: I, I remember those days when it was a thrill to come into a condom, um, mm-hmm. jerk mm-hmm. off into a condom. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go back to those days. Those were dark no. times.
4: No. No. Those no, rough days. So the, we, the, the taking simulated There's a lot of sex in 2001
2: Maniacs
4: if that's Yeah, we we
3: we need to go back to the dark times of 2001 Maniacs and discuss more about the movie, which really I haven't uh, talked to you guys in a long time. It's just
4: been nice to talk about come I mean, whatever.
3: Yeah, I, if we're not talking about come, what is this show? Um <laughs> so so I want to say two things. One, Robert England makes this movie remotely watchable. He doesn't Show up in the sequel, and that's why I couldn't finish it. Okay. Uh, but Lynn <laughs> Shay does, which mm. is fucking wild to me that she signed on for that. I mean, I think that Lynn Shay is kind of up for anything.
2: And yeah, I, was so gonna say, been, I don't think Lynn Shay really throwing a lot of nose out there when people offer no,
3: her roles. I, if we're talking about how how great things are in horror right now, I think it's the fact that Lynn Shay gets. To be in movies that are better than 2001 maniacs field of screams so yeah. <laughs> put on 2020 worked her ass now. off yeah he's, he, she deserves every every bit of not being in <laughs> movies like this um the yeah. second thing is and then i gotta ask kyle about what he's drinking tonight but the second trying thing to be quiet so you
4: didn't, you didn't interrupt your shit. <laughs> yeah no
3: but it, it actually dovetails so there's okay. something very uncomfortably ironic about the woman who played the milkmaid who is supposed to be the most buxom of all the women on this in on this cast? Um, having had a breast reduction, did you guys notice that?
4: I didn't. I no. didn't. I just so, thought it yes. was. A tan. I just noticed. It. I thought it was a tan line. No, was what no, I was she, seeing. She, she, she had a breast reduction, and
3: I just found that so uncomfortably charming is that the term that i want to use <laughs> like i know that it's just a fucking coincidence right they just found some woman who mm-hmm. uh, who i could have swore to fuck was tiffany Shepes, but it wasn't but she like is the milkmaid and mm-hmm. she comes up to have sex with the one dude and then she pours acid down his chest which is actually quite a good kill it's a good for this there are very strangely artistic shots in that no, kill <laughs>
2: there's some Mm -hmm. good kills throughout the movie it's just a bad movie
3: (laughs) oh and it's a very uncomfortable film it like just does not
2: sit well i want to go back to well first of all kyle what are you drinking
4: oh i uh i well i wanted to go and just get a nip of southern comfort because it just seemed right (laughs) but i i didn't have time uh so in my fridge i had uh a sour called the harvested uh, it seems <laughs> like a, you know, like a harvest festival situation. It's a sour yeah, ale with Glory. gooseberry, mango, and red raspberry. Love um, it. So it's got the, the color of blood,
3: and
2: it on. gives you that sour taste in your mouth, just like watching this film. All right, ah. so I want to throw back to something Kyle said in the very beginning, which is like the movie starts off as just a straight up, like basically an 80s sex comedy. <laughs> I would go one further and say that it feels like a parody of a sex comedy. Yes. because we have this scene where they're in class and they just keep showing the same like four or five pictures of them partying and it's like a state sketch the way that this audience is just dying over the hilarity of something
4: that's really not that funny yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah.
2: he's
4: like, a hacker no, dude. after the after yeah. the second or the third same picture like round of pictures you just got to be like well this is uncomfortable it's no longer funny i hate that i'm here and
2: none of it mattered not like you're like oh is this going to come back is the teacher going to be like an element of this is there going to be any like there there's like there's there's even a part where i'm like they could do something interesting with this movie where the guy who's originally from the south like ultimately kills his friends he like, they, like it would have been a much like, better it would have also made more sense in 2005 been, yeah like yeah. just that he gets sucked he into everything and gets completely brainwashed and but like no it's just like no he's gonna be the hero like mm-hmm. but he's gonna die
4: anyway because he doesn't know to look for a trip wire like they could have <laughs> just been driving to Daytona for spring break you start there. Yeah. I don't need any of that other sh- I don't need the nihilist from Big Lebowski telling yeah. me that they're going to need to fucking write firm uh, papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Why was he so mad that they were doing that in class? He doesn't believe in anything. Doesn't yeah. Matter. You know, Kyle, probably not your best. No, but... I, I even apologized. But I, I will say there's two things that I really liked. Uh, Giuseppe Andrews, uh, besides Robert England, because I, I just love but Giuseppe Andrews as like the preacher, like head guy is great um, yeah. and I, I also didn't realize that he just dropped off the face of the fucking earth in 2017 and there's no there's no knowledge of his whereabouts or like what he's up to he just disappeared um, Adam Rifkin did a, a, like a documentary about him mm-hmm. shooting a movie called Trailer Town which Troma put out okay. was just like a sort of like semi documentary like almost gummo-esque thing about a trailer park just fucking craziness. But he just disappeared. Um, But he's a fascinating character, uh, and he was pretty good in this movie. And then there was at one point where they were going from room to room in the like the bed and breakfast where everybody was having some sort of sexual encounter. It just made me think of the Stefan sketch from SNL where he's just like pleasant Valley's hottest club and there's cat lynching and male pubic mound and uh, horse like riding crop fencing and <laughs> just pillow humping. It was just like the, the amount of chaos and debauchery that was happening at that a lot time. Of man ass too. Lots of man ass. Like just for like for the the amount of boobs that there were, there was still a good amount of man ass
3: yeah i mean um, but it wasn't good man ass like if we're gonna no, see it i it was just see, like, like something memorable
4: yeah no it was there was i want to see very, demon uh, wind level man ass it was very forgettable uh man ass but uh you know no it wasn't my best pick and um i just uh i don't know i just did it for the one pair of zip off cargo pants that was in the movie i think <laughs> oh, yeah bro that was that was very 2005 uh But, yeah, there must have been – here's the other thing. There must have been, like, a Fangoria article, which I know I reference a lot. But, like, I was obsessed with the same, like, 10, 15 issues of Fangoria that I had over the course of two years, right? Yeah. I just would look at them all the time. And uh, there was definitely a feature. I meant to try to find it before I, we did the show. Yeah, but As much as we I
2: love Fango, Fango never was like, hey, avoid this one at all costs. Like, no, like, they, like, like, like
4: <laughs> which makes sense. But for, you know, whatever age I was, 15 year old Kyle, it wasn't. It, yeah, if, you, I was if just, you
2: base things off Fango articles from the 2000s, there was not a single bad horror film released for about a decade. No, um, no,
4: no. I'm actually, I would like to make a like a full list. Maybe I'll do that after the show. We'll see. Anyway.
0: Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past to Dutchie, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast
1: baby come baby baby come come baby come it is mind blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made so we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors check us out at undiscover scripts movies made of paper wherever you get your podcasts free
3: What?
0: My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
2: All right, so Kyle, you may have picked a movie that left a bad taste in your mouth, but... You have a chance to redeem yourself at the magical blockbuster that has all movies from every day, time, period. Uh, What are you going to also
4: grab to make sure that the evening is possibly saved? This might not appeal to everybody, but I'm going to continue with the chaotic energy, similar time period, similar studio putting out a movie. I'm going to go with Feast, which I think is a much (laughs) better version of... Of what's happening here. Well, there's a meta situation which I enjoy, but then like just the characters and the debauchery and the gore that happens in Feast, and the just like franticness of it, which which has a purpose. Uh, I don't. Know. I I was gonna pair. I'm gonna pair it with Feast.
2: All right. So so Scott will be miserable that evening. But Scott, what would yeah. you watch instead of I'm Feast? Never, You'll say, I'm never. I'm gonna never go, go to so Sloppy movie. Seconds. Yeah. Oh, you God, just storm. God. Oh, uh, man. Tim Grooves just came when he heard you say that. <laughs> that dude has requested that movie for six years. <laughs> I did I, 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 I'm never not happened. even voting for that. That's, never, that's probably the most
4: we're going to get on this ever. show is a reference from me. Sorry. <laughs> all
2: right. So, so Scott, Kyle came up with, with Feast and you said, all right, you can watch that by yourself at the basement. I'm going to go upstairs and watch blank instead. What is the uh, double feature you're going to watch? I don't feel like I'm going to be redeeming
3: the night because I don't know if I can really redeem the night, but... I felt a very deep thread, a ligament perhaps, between this film and the absolutely terrible and terrifying box art of Luther the Geek. um, Strictly due to Lester's death by Peach's retainer.
4: Yes. Yeah. So
3: uh, Luther the Geek is not a good movie. I have thought about picking it for the show for eight plus years now um i actually thought about picking it for Reddit horror club so it's probably been about a decade that i've been thinking about it at this point never gonna happen uh we will pick we will discuss humanoids from the deep before we re- discuss luther the geek that would be a rough night just like probably yeah, yeah. The, the most punishing
2: double feature i've done to myself in a long time so i mean i thought for sure you were going to pick this one scott so i'll say what the obvious one was that i was originally going to go with which was just i don't know fucking let's just ride the bad feelings and just watch cabin fever since there was already a hint of it but let's watch a much better more artistic version of this concept midsommar uh, oh my god
3: <laughs> that's not a horror movie though that's a rom-com buddy <laughs>
2: You know, just a there bunch of college students getting involved in a harvest fest, and and the ending that we actually won it, like one of them being corrupted by the the cult. Um, but yeah, I so, don't think she was
3: corrupted, man. I think she was freed. She was freed. Oh, that works shit. too. All right, you know, Kyle. I would also I would also
4: throw out um K um Wrong Turn because of the Kmart Elijah Dishku that is in this movie too. <laughs> yeah. I would like to watch the bro. Appropriate, I would watch uh, Wrong Dush. Turn again. Because I, wrong Real dish Dushku, yes, Just not wrong and, turn. and my six. and my favorite Lindy Booth. Just never forget her <laughs> first death. Uh, we should
3: discuss Wrong Turn on this podcast. Oh, have we not? No, we've, we've only, only done, done, wrong done turn part six. six,
2: which is unwatchable.
4: Oh, no. um. One and two should for sure. All right, because two is Joe Lynch, right? Two is Joe Lynch, and two is very fun. It yeah. like, falls right in line with this movie. And then Wrong Turn, the first Wrong Turn is uh, is decent. Like yeah. for the time period that it came out with, it's decent. All right. Okay, I'll put it on the list. So, so Kyle, what,
2: as you're adding Wrong Turn 1 and 2 onto your long list, uh, what movie have you watched recently that you feel like, hey, you guys should know about this? Or it doesn't have to be a movie,
4: it could be a book, TV show, podcast, etc.? Well, I'm looking at my letterbox, and there's a movie on here I don't really remember watching. But the one I do remember (laughs) watching is a movie called Horror High. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome has put it out in a double feature with a movie called Stanley, which both of these movies refer to some sort of animal creature. And Horror High is basically a retelling of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde through a 16-millimeter high school lens where a geeky... 16 year old just can't do anything right teachers and students alike hate him and he ends up doing this experiment on his gerbil guinea pig that he then gets the guinea pig kills the janitor's cat very Mr. Filch uh, situation and then the janitor makes him drink the poison that he gave his guinea pig to turn the guinea pig sort of Jekyll and Hyde e, and then he turns into a, like a ravenous guinea pig man that goes on a killing spree what? Um, each night. It's, <laughs> what? It is honestly so fun. It's that so... sounds better than
3: Return to Horror High, which we have done on the show and was yes, and it has no no
4: connection to Return. Yes. uh yeah. clearly, but uh, which I had to second guess because I was like. I hope not. (laughs) I don't remember that. It's just fun. Like, it's just fun to see. And that's like, it's, you know, it's a 70s film. It's just fun to see filmmakers, regional filmmakers, like, really giving it their all in just the craziest, kookiest type of way. I feel like Um,
2: I've seen this. I was checking. I have one of those, like. 61 horror movies box mm-hmm. sets, and I was like, This mm-hmm. has to be on here. I know that I've seen mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, but yeah, that sounds uh, too familiar and too specific for me to have not.
4: It's fucking weird, seen. and if you haven't seen it, you'll enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna come up on Tubi like most <laughs> of the Vinegar Syndrome stuff does at some point, but uh, because it's a like double feature, and I just I don't know that those ones are kind of weird, but it's 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 fun if you like oddball, regional, low-budget horror. Alright, All right, Scott?
3: Um, I'm just going to mention something that I mentioned to our uh, uh, our pals and patrons on Slack. So if you are one are on the Patreon and you are not on Slack, email HMNpodcast at gmail.com. Get on that Slack because we are on there talking about music and drinks and previous episodes and just life shit and new movies coming out and mm-hmm. Alex fun. is doing these updates,
2: and I keep questioning, "What did we talk His about sanity. on this episode?" Yeah, I
3: actually, like, when he says like what we just like what we watched that week in the first hundred episodes, I'm like,
2: I don't even, what? I don't remember uh, watching half those movies for the first time.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I watched that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, but anyway, so um, I did mention this on the uh, Slack, the Patreon Slack, um, and I want to mention it here because it is so damn good. the uh, the new Full length album from the band No Pressure is so good. It is the jam of the summer. Um, it's pop punk, but it. I was I was listening to it today, and I was trying to find because I knew I was going to mention it tonight, and I wanted to figure out a great analogy. And I don't have a great analogy, you know, like bands that you might know or have heard of that it would remind you of. But the closest I can come to is, it's got hooks and sensibility from both the height of Blink-182's power, so that would have been, you know, like *Animal of the State, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, but then it also marries it with more modern sensibilities of, like, back before Neck Deep became a, like, kind of power pop band. Mm -hmm. um, Their first two records and maybe a little Wonder Years even, uh, but it's just it's super great highly recommend it to anybody and if you are too cheap to buy it message me and i
4: you know i might give you the digital copy of it we'll see but anyway uh great record it is it is really good after you told me about it i threw it on uh spotify while i was editing it's a blast yeah oh if really, you have really the streaming
3: just give them the 0.001 cent every time you listen
2: to a song
4: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best way to do it. But, uh, you know, Scott and I don't see eye on a lot of. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it was a great album. Really, really cool.
2: So I was in L.A. for uh, a couple days, and then I went to San Diego Comic Con. And the first night that I was in L.A., Jonathan had received a screener copy of a movie that should be out by the time this episode drops, which was I Love My Dad, starring Patton Oswald. Uh, Not a movie that Scott will enjoy. Um, nope. I can actively tell you. Uh, Kyle, maybe. I still don't know how I feel about this movie. It is for sure one of the most uncomfortable films I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, but a short, brief breakdown of the premise is that it's based on a true story of the writer, director, and star of the movie. And he's a suicidal kid in his 20s. And part of his therapy is that he needs to cut out the people who have made him depressed, which includes his dad. So in a desperate attempt... To reconnect with his son, his dad creates a catfish Facebook account as a waitress at the local diner that he frequents, and the son begins to fall in love with the catfish version of his dad and asks his dad to take him on a road trip to meet his internet girlfriend, who is, in fact, his dad. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Oh, it's shot in Syracuse? Hell yeah. Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. It is a very uncomfortable movie uh, from from front to back. Uh, It does some really interesting visual tricks. Um, One of the things that I did like is it's like a big thing now when characters are texting that you have to like read the texts as they pop up on the side of the screen. Um, They did something a little bit different with this where the son and the actress who plays the waitress will be sitting side by side having the conversation when it's his side of how the conversation is going and then it will cut to Pat and Oswald on his couch sitting next to his son having the conversation to like represent how they're both visualizing the text messages differently mm-hmm. um, as opposed to us just having to like read this long chain of text messages so I kind of thought that some of that was cool it it's a risky ass movie for sure but it is i mean you gotta strap in for it to be cringy as fuck like we we put on nathan for you to calm us down because that was less cringy than oh, what wow. we had watched so Choice. so uh yeah it's it's a it's a rough one but if you're into like cringe indie comedies nope, it's pretty good like you'll like it it's pretty well made it it's got its sweet moments it's I don't know it's a hard movie to recommend but i watched if you it. Pa- if you pair it
4: with world's greatest dad from 2009 exactly, you'll have a fucking blast
2: <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it reminded me of i think yeah. at one point we were watching i said this reminds me a lot of world's greatest dad yeah, uh, yeah i think yeah. world's greatest dad is an easier watch than this is which that's <laughs> i love bobcat though that's <laughs> bobcat's bobcat wild bobcat's fucking a fucking psychopath <laughs> and i love him. we have an email that says thanks from jason uh, he says, "Hey guys, thank you for reading my email on the show. It was the one about Gomez Adams. Also, you read one of mine a couple weeks ago, complimenting the theme song. It really made me very happy. I really do love the show. And by the way, if you guys ever do a show from Cincinnati uh, from Chicago, let me know. Uh, I play in a band called Libido Funk Circus for the last 26 years. Uh, we still do about 175 plus shows a year, and I'm 51 years old, which is crazy." So if you need any tech stuff or studio to work in, I own a pretty sweet one. This one's specifically for Scott. We actually have an original uh, Nev Blue console. Uh, It's super rad. I read this one and I was like, I wanted you to say it wrong. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's super rad and you're welcome to use it for the podcast. If you guys ever do live events, I can probably help you out there too. Anyway, big fan. Um, And this actually ties into a Patreon episode real quick. But also, I thought I remembered you guys like Stabbing Westward in Ministry. He's half right. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm in a project with Chris from Ministry and Dave, the drummer of Stabbing Westward, called Joy Thieves. You might dig it. I'll post a link. I also did a funny song for the pandemic a while ago. I'll put it up, too. You might get a laugh. Uh, my sister-in-law, Kat, did the special effects at the end of the video. She does effects for tons of horror movies. Last one was Willy's Wonderland. I believe you mentioned that in the previous email, too. Uh, probably, I'm so- sorry, I probably sound crazy, but anyway, thanks and enjoy, Jason. Thank you so much, Jason. I don't think I sent those links to the guys, so we can't really talk about the video, but um, <laughs> thank you for always writing in, uh, really helps out a ton and makes us feel great. And you guys can send us emails at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out the Patreon at patreon.com backslash podcast. Or you can just stay tuned because next week we're talking about yet another sequel here at Horror Movie Night.
0: So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast.